Welcome to Misty Night, a podcast exploring the doubts and concerns that arise around Christianity. I'm Nick Petkoff. I'm Andy Yetter. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, we invite you to join us on this journey as we navigate the misty nights of doubt and uncertainty. Faith isn't about your ability to muster a belief out of nothing. It's our hope that through the process of exploring doubts, asking questions, and searching, you'll build a personal faith that is tangible and reliable. So let's take another step on that journey right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Misty Night Podcast. So glad to have you with us again today. Today, we are asking the question, does God have a sense of humor? Uh, How much is God like us? And I think this question can come from a number of different places. I think a lot of people are curious about, you know, what is God like? You know, this can come from, you know, is it because you're just curious to know more about what God's character is like? Is it because we feel like there's maybe some kind of barrier between us and God with God being this big monolithic, you know, untouchable, unchangeable thing? Um, so, so I think it, it's an interesting question to, to kind of ponder, like, does, does God have a sense of humor? You know, what, what attributes that we show you know, does God have? Yeah, these are really natural questions, I feel like, too. I mean, when you meet someone for the first time, the whole process is just getting to know each other, right? And what is this person like? You know, what kind of jokes do they find funny? And, or what do they do for hobbies? Or what's interesting to them? Like, you get to know the person, you build a relationship with the person. And this is a really natural extension of that, just trying to get to know the person of God and how to have a relationship with them, which I think is. I can speak for both of us when I say it's probably the ultimate goal. And, and it's interesting too, as a, as a Christian for a long time, you know, you build up certain views of God in your head, um, you know, either from like the Old Testament and you might think, oh, God's so vengeful and, you know, or you might, you know, read the New Testament and you think Jesus and be like, oh, so he's so, you know, understanding and loving. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, people start to build up these different images based off these kind of different vignettes that they kind of see throughout the Bible. Uh, and they and they start to kind of just build a construction of what they think God would be like, and and it's interesting to see how that morphs over time as people continue to kind of read their Bible and understand more about you know what it's really saying and what God's all about. That being said, I think you can see a lot of people having a lot of maybe erroneous views of God because either they you know they've only kind of just done a little bit of flyby of the gospel or you know they hear a certain story. You know, or or the ultimate thing, which is, you know, sometimes we like to project a little bit of what we want God to be, and, and that's kind of the view we start to make. Um, so anyway, lot, lots of different ways, I think, that people can develop different views of God. And when when you think about, like, does God have a sense of humor, you know, I, like we, could, we could dive in and start talking about that right away, but I think maybe before we talk about any of that, I think it's worth talking a little bit about, you know, why is it important have a correct view of, you know, why, why does this question even matter, right? Like, why does it matter what we think of God and, you know, if he has a sense of humor and why do we need to even know, um, you know, God's just going to be God. doesn't matter if he has a sense of humor or not, right? Right. And that's probably a really good launching off point, especially because, uh, like you said, we come from different backgrounds, different places, and some things jump to mind immediately. Like one that jumps for me is with, like, so many people refer to God as, like, Father, and for a lot of us, um, that word can be um, really different context, depending on how we were raised, you know, with or without a father, what kind of father they were and everything. And then, right, we jump right into projecting that. And so um, 
while this is probably quite natural to use human characters to define God, and we do it with all kinds of things that aren't human all the time, um, an example that pops into my head right away is like when someone says the the sun smiles down on us. Doesn't mean like a literal face on the sun that would be pretty terrifying. Not like teletubbies. Right. Okay, so maybe not as terrifying as I was thinking in my head. That's a much warmer image. Oh no, I think that's terrifying still. <laughs> but it's just to impress upon the person the image or feeling being conveyed. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but like you said, um, it's to be careful that we avoid creating incorrect views of God's character. And I don't know, like, how do you, how do you know when you might be doing that? No, I like that. I like what you brought up about the whole father view, right? Because, because it's not that these are necessarily like inherently wrong or sinful or totally erroneous views of God that get developed, um, but they're incomplete. And sometimes we we just stop there. We say, okay, like God the Father got it, you know, and we don't really dive into the richness and the depth of really trying to understand and reflect on just who God is. One of the um, and I think I think it's something I'm guilty of myself. Of you know, I think at one point in my life I just kind of started to like God just transitioned into this kind of cosmic being that just kind of sat up there and did his thing. And I didn't really ever think about God very much other than well, he's there, like he's doing his thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I started to view him more and more as just a yeah, God's just this like being that's unchangeable. He just sits up there and does his thing, and and that's how life is. But kind of as we were getting ready for this episode and. Actually, even before that, though. Um, but in particular, I was getting ready for this episode. I'm just as I'm going through a lot of different books on, you know, from Tozer and Murray and all these other folks, um, like early Christians, even like from like you know 100 years ago, 50 years ago. It's amazing how much more focus there was on just who God is and just the reflection and the pondering and the wondering um, and that and the awe that kind of comes from that. And that's just something where I'm like, I feel like I was like, man, I never really had that in my Christian walk for a long time. Um, you know, like a good example is when people talk about, you know, like having the fear of God, right? Like, and it's like, like the fear of being punished, but it's also like, well, no, like as you think about how amazing God is, there's like, a, there's other kinds of fear and awe that come out of it. I may be getting a little bit ahead of myself here, <laughs> but just, so. but just to say that, I think, you know, if you look at us as Christians, but also the church as a whole, um, it's easy for us to get focused in on just either a narrow view of God and we stop there just because we're also just not really continuing to pursue our growth anyway. It's true. Um, or we stop there because we don't want to like, you know, learn that something else is wrong. It goes against what we kind of want. Um, you know, we kind of get, we kind of we paint God in this picture the way we want him. And we kind of say, okay, that's good enough. I'm not going to, don't, don't rock the boat. Yeah, definitely. And I really caught on to when you um, mentioned how we used to be a little bit more, or not us in particular, but, you know, previous, um, I guess we would say theologians or um, ancient peoples used to spend a lot more time trying to, like, discover God in that more natural sense of learning about him. And yeah, it seems that really quickly today we get really into theology, really intellectual stuff really quickly and tend to stop the exploration of, like, who God is and I think that even shows up in the Bible too like a lot of Old Testament spends a lot of time describing God 
um, even using physical attributes like having a face and feet and fingers and a tongue. Mm. And there's like relational terms in the Old Testament too. A lot of Psalms talks about um, and being merciful and delighted and pure. And yeah, I don't think we spend enough time really um, discovering that. And you were even bringing up some old school authors and fit really well with how I was running into too. Um, I think when I was kind of getting into this topic and trying to look at ways we try to describe God who's, you know, not human, but has some human characteristics and stuff. I realized that a lot of those examples in the Bible was God ways of teaching us about him. And um, I just took a quote from Wayne Grudem that came up really quickly when I was uh, looking into this. And it said, if God is gonna teach us about things we do not know by direct experience, he has to teach us in terms of what we do know. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, and, and I think it brings up a good point too, which is just, you know, as we kind of try and say, like, so, so why do we need to know about God? And it's like, well, because, because it's really easy to mislead ourselves into thinking we understand God and to, or to say like, you know, we project, we fill in the gaps with our own understanding or we project what we want to be true. So in a way it's, it gets a little philosophical to kind of just wane, like to, to think about, Ooh, let me think about this, this God. Um, and what that means for God to be God. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't do that, hey, I think you're missing out on some true joys of Christianity. Mm-hmm. But I think it just it just opens that door for you to fill in the blanks yourself, which if, if there's one thing we probably know about human nature, it's that we're not going to do a good job at that. Yeah, for sure. We tend to... If we don't immediately, you know, if you're off the rails, we'll find a way to do it later. And this is a prime examples of that um, can be found in this kind of topic. Yeah. So, so you know, we talk about does God have a sense of humor, right? Like, I think one of the things that comes to mind is like, you know, just, is God going to be like a buddy, buddy chum of mine when I'm up in heaven? Like, is God going to be able to, are we going to be able to make jokes? Like, are we going to be able to laugh at each other, you know? Um, and in some ways, it's like when, when I think when you try and if you're asking from that point of view, there gets to be this almost her- heretical sense to it. And mm-hmm. I say that in the sense of like, it's not wrong to be like, oh, I want to be able to enjoy being with God. But it is wrong for us to take God from this, his status of God and kind of just turn him into this really nice guy that we like to hang out with. Um, and I think in, I think uh, in Tozer's book, The Attributes of God, um, he kind of calls this out again. And this is like a 50-year-old book too, right? So. So it, it's not like it's a new phenomenon, but it's something that the church has always dealt with. Um, you know, because as we try to spread the word and spread the gospel to people, you know, people don't jump in and immediately, you know, start reflecting all the divine attributes of God. Mm-hmm. You know, people again come in with these simplified views. Um, and so when we think about humor in the sense of like, you know, is God just this guy that's going to crack wise with me and he's going to be humorous? It's like, well, no, because then we're kind of taking God really and again, we're bringing, trying to bring him down to us. Versus us elevating him for what he is. Right. And it's not to say that we're trying to create a disconnect there either. Um, this whole practice of like, you know, being cautious of how we um, kind of personify or characterize God isn't to like separate us from him. We don't want to like make that impression either, but mm-hmm. that um, the process of doing it in a accurate way can actually lead to like you said earlier, just deepening um, that understanding of relationship and so, um, yeah, it's not meant to disconnect us. It's meant to bring us closer. Yeah. 
and, and I love this this question just about sense of humor in general, right? Because in some ways, I mean, inherently, it's going to get philosophical, um, you know, because you're like, well, what is humor, right? Like, <laughs> like mm. you know, like how much of this in, in, in involves, you know, elements of, you know, being unpredictable and, you know, timing and that delivery of the joke that you weren't expecting, you know, how does a God who knows everything, how can you ever surprise him, right? And, and so I think in some ways, if you're thinking about humor in the classical sense, and as we reflect on that, you know, you, it does make it does make a good question. Like, yeah, can God even have a sense of humor? Right. It almost seems that, you know, right away, like, how can you find certain things funny when you already know the punchline, right? Like, do you have anything that you think is funny, even though it's happened before or you knew the punchline? Like from a movie or a joke or kids or something that you enjoy or rewatch or redo. Yeah. That's a good point, right? Like it's like, yeah, it's like, it's not always about not knowing. Sometimes you can enjoy the, the jokes you already know and how they're coming and they just tickle you. And I think that's one of the things, right? Like even if you wanted to say like, yeah, God, God knows all the jokes and he's never, you're never gonna be able to surprise him. What's interesting is that doesn't really necessarily change anything. Like, like God still made you and he made you to have humor and God can appreciate that and delight in that as well so even though maybe it's not going to be like god's not the same like he's not just gonna be your like like your your pals and you tell a joke and he like you know snorts at it you know <laughs> but instead you, you have something that's much richer right you have a god that gave you a sense of humor that gave you that understands you so well and gave you a world that you could have humor with and enabled you to have those things and he and he understands you and understands what you enjoy and it's like, I don't know. It's like, so, so yeah, maybe you won't be able to get God to crack a joke, but that doesn't mean God doesn't enjoy humor. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't, you know, understand humor. Right. And just like you and I, like our humors might be and are likely quite different. And, you know, what I find entertaining or funny, you might just roll your eyes at and find no entertainment in whatsoever. And so it's just really a, also kind of a difference of, humor and that really is ties into any kind of like attributes of god when we use you know human things to apply to god like humor or regret or anger and it's really we use these words we experience as humans but we got to understand that how another person or in this case being like god feels interprets or uses that kind of language could be very different than our own for sure no and that's a good point like, and, and you know this question of does god have a sense of humor is just like one you know question out of a bigger chain of questions right that all have to do with you know how do we correlate god's divine attributes with kind of the human characteristics that we oftentimes see in the bible um and the fact that we have human characteristics right and we're made in god's image so it's like where where is the line drawn you know, how do we resolve these things like with God delighting in all of his creations, but also God regretting making man like during the, um, the flood account. So there's all these interesting things where it's like, how can God have regret where if he's omniscient and omnipotent, right? Like, mm. and, and this kind of bleeds into the whole question of evil to begin with, right? Like these are all really deep questions. Mm -hmm. um, and what I find like as I get older, is that you can dive into those individual questions, sure. Uh, but before you get into those, it's very beneficial to understand who God is and all these different attributes are God 
uh, like the makeup god. Um, actually, that's, that's probably not even pro- appropriate to say, but <laughs> just to say, you know, what are the attributes of God and, you know, truly understand those things. And then you can dig in to understand some of these questions because, again, going into these questions with misunderstandings of what God's attributes are and how, you know, those, those truths and those realities make it really tricky to then answer some of those questions correctly. Yeah, that's a great observation because that just that saves you a lot of legwork in the long run, right? Is to, to take a step back from trying to like deal with what you think is an initial contradiction and understand who God is. And you say as you get older, like you kind of, I don't want to take you out of context, but uh, as you get older, you kind of like realize that or catch that more. Like, how do you know when you might be doing that? When you might be like focusing a little bit too much on like a projection or a little bit and trying to pull back and then imagine, you know, who God really is. Well, and I, I, oh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, right? Because when you have questions, you know, you could also rephrase what I just said as before you answer your questions, make sure you understand everything. <laughs> um, no so, questions after that. <laughs> so, so I get that. It's like, no one's going to have, like, you're going to see contradictions and you're going to say like, Oh man, what, how does this make sense? Right. So I'd say, use that as a jumping off point to then say, well, what do I really understand about God? You know, like if we talk about, you know, God's regret, you know, it's like, well, what does that mean? You know, what, Use that as a chance to start reflecting on, like, what is that? What does God's omniscient, you know, omniscience work? How does the, like, wait, how can God be omniscient, but also we have free will? Like, reflect on these things, right? Ask these mm-hmm. questions, um, and, and it'll, it'll, it'll set you down a whole rabbit hole, right, of tons of other literature. Mm-hmm. But that's great, right? That's do that reflecting, the praying, the deep diving. And, and then I think when you come out of that, then you're going to have like a much clearer perspective of how to answer that question as a whole. Yeah. But, but to just kind of look at the question at face value and just kind of be like, oh, you know, God's just God. He's this guy up there in the sky. Um, you know, if you're finding yourself wrestling with these issues, it might be because you haven't spent enough time really reflecting on who God is. That's probably 90% of the things you run into as far as like questions come up with concerning God. I think for any of these contradictions or um, attributes of God that um, I'm not sure we'll get into a specific one um, today we might but maybe it might be helpful if we set a sort of um, a sort of parameter of kinds when trying to understand these and these characteristics of God what would you think about that yeah no for sure I, I think if <laughs> getting ready for this episode right like reading different authors and whatnot I think it's clear you know that God is so big, right? That trying to just say, I'm going to summarize him in a 30 minute podcast is ridiculous. Um, heck, even just trying to break down each of his attributes one at a time and give each one a 30 minute episode, right? Impossible. Like there's so much depth and richness to be reflected on. Mm. Um, but that's why I think, but, but even though we'll say we're not going to, our goal is not to give a complete breakdown of each attribute. But just to at least touch on them, right, and give some perspective. I, I think, I think that's a good goal for this podcast to say, like, yeah, let's let's take some of these different um, attributes and kind of dedicate an episode to them and dive into them a bit and understand, you know, a little bit of that kind of reflection of, you know, what 
how much is there really here to unpack? Mm. Is that what you were talking about, or did I just take, really take that in a different direction? No, not at all. It's definitely <laughs> running parallel to what I was thinking, too. Um, and yeah, having some kind of um, cautionary parameter when exploring these kinds of topics, too. Like you said, getting to know God is really know God is, you know, the best way to approach all these questions that will steer you in the right direction. And until that point, I think, um, at least from my perspective, it's a really good idea to um, have a kind of parameter understanding these characteristics. Um, because really quickly, and this is true with just about everything we'll deal with any podcast, is we don't want to just take one part of a Bible and scripture and use that to define a part of God's character attribute. Yeah. And so... Yeah, interpreting scripture by scripture, right? That whole concept of, you know, um, it's gotta, you gotta go the more than one place and you gotta go more broadly, especially when it talks about knowing God, just like knowing anybody. Don't just take one instance or one circumstance and then draw a whole attribute or personality of someone out of that. Look more broadly. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great call out, right? And, and one thing too, I noticed that happens a lot, right? is that people will sometimes read the Bible and will assign feelings to God, even though they're not, they're not expressed in the Bible. One thing is, you know, when we see that, you know, in Genesis and man is eating the fruit of the garden, it's easy for us to kind of read into that and be like, oh, God must be like angry. Mm. And, and he's like lashing out in anger. Mm -hmm. um, but God, if you read it, God, it doesn't really give any God any emotions in those things. It's more about God says, hey, you did this, therefore this happens. And I think that's insightful because A, be aware that yes, we sometimes do falsely assign emotions to God based on what we would do. You know, we kind of we kind of just reflect that mirror of ourselves back onto God being like, oh, I would be angry, therefore God had to be angry. So it's easy for us to, we should, we should definitely kind of take a break there and say, well, no, like what does it actually say about God? Um, and then to your point, right? Don't just take one verse in isolation, but we have to kind of be students of the Bible. We have to actually read and understand and seek guidance through everything that God reveals about himself. Right. And that's not to say that God doesn't have emotions either. Um, we're definitely, you know, made his image, but we're still not the same. And this is really just a journey to relate and make sense of him. And sometimes we go a bit far. Like you said, God must have felt angry. Well, yeah, that's not really in there. And yes, we're made his image. And so we might think that we would be angry in that situation and therefore he must be, but it's just going too far. And that's where those parameters really come in handy. Yeah. And I think too, what's interesting, you know, as we think about things like this, where it's like, again, maybe this is just more of a hint of like the insights that we kind of see as we read into these kind of books where you just reflect on who God is and how how uniform God is and pure God is. But like when you think about like, you know, we think about like something happens, God gets mad, God reacts, right? I love the Genesis account because it's a good example of how like God, God is just, he's, he is justice, he is love. He just is these things. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's not that, oh, I got mad and now I have to do something about it. Sometimes it's like, well, God's like, no, I'm just God and I am judgment and I am this. It's like, so, so as things occur, these things just have to happen because I'm God. Like these are, this is how it's going to happen. <laughs> um, and it's, and it's not, it's not the, it's not always the, the view that we see in our own lives and in our own homes, um, which is why so, it sometimes can be so foreign and so alien to us 
to think of how God could be this way. But that's why we, we need all the more to kind of reflect and think on it. Because it is, God is so alien to us in many ways. You know, his ways are so much higher above our ways. And it takes a lot of kind of effort to separate that. But I think it comes with so much appreciation and respect and awe of God. And it gets to the point where, um, like I was reading through Tozer and he's talking about holiness and how, you know, there's parts where talking about God's holiness, you know, people would, people would be like afraid, you know, like, like really trembling afraid because of how holy God is. And for the longest time I was like, I have no, I, I never understood that. I was kind of like, <laughs> it's hard, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, but as I've gotten further and further in my Christian walk, I start to see glimpses of that, right? Where you're like, yeah, because God is so holy and I'm so unworthy, like I should be really afraid of all God. Like I should be afraid of just how purely holy God is compared to me. And these things start to just, again, the more you reflect in as you move on as a Christian, these, like you make, you connect, connect these dots. Yeah. And that's really just the whole part of the journey of growing in your faith and and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you express, you know, a fear of God, it's not a like, that you're so, the kind of fear you get when your life is in danger and you want to run away from and hide from whatever that is. Um, that's definitely a reaction you see in the Bible, for sure. But in this sense, it's meant to like, create a sense of, rever of reverence of a being who's set apart that is like admirable and worthy and holy and to yes be in fear of reverence and awe of that but to not hide yourself and run away from him but to kind of embrace that it's it's a sa the same word but i'd like to say that our our response to it's got to be um a little more calculated than the fight or flight response well i'm so glad you said that way because in reality right god isn't just god isn't trying to balance his love and his mercy and his mm. justice right he's not trying to figure out how do i do these things right god just is um and so when we talk about things like you know yeah like i'm in like I, i'm in trembling fear of god's you know justice and his holiness but at the same time again as and that's why it's so important for us to have this complete view of god and his characteristics i also then can be on my knees worshiping and like loving god because of his love because of his mercy and I can be resting in him at the same time that I'm trembling in fear of him. <laughs> um, you know, and it creates it creates this kind of almost like beauty of all of these different kind of elements. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I know it's probably it sounded maybe like some people that are listening to this who maybe are early on in their Christian walk or not even a Christian, are like, what the heck is this guy talking about? <laughs> oh, for sure. And it, like, that sounds terrible. I no, no thanks. I'm good. Pass. But I think that's more of the reason. So I, as we as we go through maybe the series of the different attributes of God. And we'll probably repeat this on each time we talk about it. But it, you can't take each one in isolation, right? Because God God isn't just, you know, the combination of these different things, right? God is this, God is this being, right, that is all of these things. We have, it takes a long time for us to piece that together, but it's very tempting for us to kind of get biased and lean towards whatever the flavor of the day is, right? Like, oh, I really want to make, like, I really want to focus on God's love today. That's what I'm going to focus on. Um, and some people take that really far and that's the only thing they ever focus on. And so yep. we have to be very careful as we go through this, right? To kind of try and keep this balanced view of God. Um, 
but yeah yep that's ex that's exactly it and yeah it's gonna be a, a a door we um knock on quite frequently throughout these podcasts is that you really just need to look at more places in scripture and um and i was thinking this martin luther quote um because he just has a better way to say a lot of things and um it basically says that when there is a question about you know the any place in scripture really any full sense or truth in scripture and there's um a question there is ambiguous or difficult that you it must be searched and known by other places that speak more clearly and so when you get into a place where something in scripture or something you read or hear about god like doesn't make sense it seems ambiguous and cloudy go to places in scripture that do speak more clearly that you do already have an understanding about or someone that you can go to that has a clear understanding and help really kind of analyze and distill that for you all right so we, we kind of went far afield of the initial question of does god have a sense of humor um but you know what I, th I think again because this re this this really belies this deeper question of how much is God like us? What is God like? And how can we better understand these characteristics of God? So, to put a bow on it, I guess you know at least for the initial question, does God have a sense of humor? You know, I don't think you'll be able to surprise God with any kind of joke or punchline, but I think God knows you so well, and He knows what delights you and God made you that way. So it's not like it's a surprise. It's not like it's some weird deviation that you have a sense of humor. Um, God understands that completely. And he delights mm -hmm. in you. And in that way, he delights in your humor. <laughs> so I think I'll leave it at that for that question. I don't know, Nick, you have anything to add? No, I think that's, I think that hits it on the head really well. And yeah, just because God knows everything and knows you really well, knows what you're gonna do, five minutes from now and in 20 years from now that doesn't mean he's any less pleased when those things come to pass and that he's not any more any less joyful and and excited and sometimes humored at what we do so hopefully you've now come away from this all understanding you know maybe a little bit of a different way to look at these kind of questions when they come up in your life and hopefully you have something to look forward to as we have future episodes diving into these different attributes of god's characteristics Hoping us maybe all get a little bit closer and a little bit better of an understanding of this great, mighty, fearful, wonderful, awful God that we worship. And I said awful. Someone might be like, wait, why'd you say awful? <laughs> and I went hey, through It's an experience <laughs> in motion. It's valid. Full of awe, right? Like and 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 it's also again like you'll see as you read some older books too, these are terms that get brought up, not because these guys are crazy, right? Mm. But because the emotions you might deal with sometimes as you're reflecting on the characteristics of God. They're all over the place. Um, and, and there's I think there's a, there's a lot of great stuff to dive into and discover. So I'm really excited to dive into this stuff with you guys in future episodes. Yes. Be encouraged that the pool is deep. And there's much to explore. That's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. All righty. I think that's all the time we got for today. Thank you so much for the conversation, Nick. It's been This has been a great conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for joining in with us and looking forward to next time. Yeah. You guys have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to Misty Night. Want to join in on the conversation? Join our community on Facebook and let us know what you thought of the episode or what other questions or topics you'd like to hear us address. We want to work and grow together with you. So join us next time as we take the next steps on this journey to understanding in a world of questions.